0: Hello, this is John Fletcher, the editor-in-chief of CMAJ, and I'm talking about the September the 22nd issue of the journal, and you may have seen on the front cover a rather cute child blowing up a balloon with his nose, and you may in fact have seen a video of this on CBC. The website put a copy of a video of this research, and this has been highly viewed. This refers to a randomized control trial in this issue of the journal uh, conducted by David Mant, Paul Little and colleagues from uh, Oxford and Southampton, UK. The trial was uh, an open pragmatic randomized control trial set in 43 general practices and uh, enrolled about 320 children, half of whom were given a nasal balloon and the other half of whom were the control group. And uh, the point of this therapy is to reduce symptoms of otitis media with effusion, which can cause loss of hearing in young children. And the results were quite encouraging. 47% recovered in the intervention group at three months, uh, compared to 35% in the control group. And the number needed to treat in order to have resolution of symptoms was nine, which is not a bad number. This research also has a linked commentary in this issue of the journal. In the linked commentary, Chris Delmar from Australia and Tammy Hoffman tell us that glue ear is common, affecting most children, and can interfere with language acquisition and education. The effective therapeutic options other than surgical insertion of grommets are few, but this trial does provide evidence that autoinflation is effective, with the number needed to treat, as I said, of nine. And if you wish to hear more about the research on Blue Ear, we do have a podcast uh, with an interview for the authors of that randomised control trial. The other commentary in this issue is about recovery from severe mental illness. So, doctors Whiteley, Palmer and Gunn are putting forward the concept of recovery as a way of thinking about how patients get better from severe mental illness, uh, which is in contrast to... The present perceived weakness of standard psychiatric care, which is considered to overemphasize the biological to the detrimental of the psychosocial. So it's a move away from thinking that patients are cured of a biological disease and more of an emphasis to think on uh, how they might recover. Mental health recovery refers to the process whereby people with severe mental illness progress to live autonomous, contributing and satisfying lives in the community even with persisting symptoms. Canada's National Mental Health Strategy states that a key aim of health services must be to foster recovery, and the general consensus is that this is a desirable activity. Adopting a recovery orientation in everyday clinical work can involve eliciting information on subjective life goals and working with patients to help them achieve their goals. A recovery orientation is consistent with bio- psychosocial model of psychiatry which emphasizes a holistic approach to healing. To hear more details about uh, what the authors talk about in this commentary please listen to another of our linked podcasts by the authors. One of the most effective health interventions is vaccinations against common infectious diseases. Effective but painful and in this issue of the journal Uh, we have new Canadian guidelines on reducing pain associated with uh, vaccine injections, both in adults and in children. And uh, the key points are that pain at any time of a vaccination injection is a common concern and contributes to vaccine hesitancy across the lifespan. Evidence-based and feasible interventions are available to mitigate pain and are part of good vaccination clinical practice. This guideline includes recommendations for pain mitigation based on five domains of pain management. Interventions, procedural, physical, pharmacological, psychological, and process. The 5P approach. Again, for more details from the authors, we have another podcast linked to this guideline. In our practice section this month, um, as usual, we have the mixture of the common and the unusual. The Decisions article is about a 66-year-old woman presenting with a spontaneous rib fracture that occurred whilst she was turning over in bed. Of course, the worry is that this may be the first presentation of metastatic cancer, and the article goes through to describe the workup of a case like this. Much less common is the uh, practice case, the longer discussion of a 45-year-old woman with a spontaneous DVT, but of the upper limb a very unusual case. We also have our clinical image and five things, this time about venom anaphylaxis, how common it is and what to do about it. So towards the back of the journal, I hope you've noticed that we've changed the format of the humanities section in the last few months. And uh, we have a, a typical mix of two articles this month. The first is an article written by a non-physician reflecting on medical practice. And here, John Crombie talks about interdisciplinarity, uh, reconciling the irreconcilable. He's uh, from the School of Management at the University of Leicester, UK, and is looking at uh, medicine through a different lens. And we've had a number of uh, sociologists and anthropologists writing over the last uh, few issues. To balance up, That section of Humanities, we've also included and continued the popular Encounter series where doctors usually tell us about a patient or an experience that they've had. And this month, uh, the title is Broad and Deep by Monica Kidd from the University of Calgary. And lastly, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, the journal's campaign to Save Cochrane. And my lead editorial in this issue is to say that the government of Canada should fund the Cochrane Collaboration in Canada centrally. Canada was at the heart of the Cochrane Collaboration, that um, effort to bring together the best systematic reviews of healthcare interventions uh, that started a couple of decades ago. And it would be a shame if Canada was the first country to withdraw central funding from its National Collaboration Centre. So I've, um, I've outlined the arguments in favour of central funding in my editorial. And that about wraps it up for this issue of CMJ, the 22nd of September. I'm John Fletcher, Editor-in-Chief. Thanks for listening.